Hello and welcome to Hey I Like, the podcast where we talk about all the things that make our little neurodivergent brains go bonkers. I am joined by a very special guest who is new to the podcast. Um, Would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us what you're talking about today? Because you told me a while ago and I forgot. Uh, hello, I am Ro. Um, I do things on the internet. Um, <laughs> As do uh, we today, all. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and today I will be talking about TTRPGs. So like Wonderful. Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, things kind of like that. Oh, lovely. The ones that I'm primarily going to be talking about um, are one that is very very new um that i'm actually actively building with someone it's called percent chance of failure um and then another one that i'll be talking about is one that i play in it's called the orzak narrative universe of the onu Um, and i will also be talking today some about professionally gming which is something that i do in my free time amazing Mm -hmm. see i'm like baby TTRPG player I've played D&D and mm-hmm. Shadowrun and that is it <laughs> yeah see I started off with D&D um, I actually started off DMing which is not your usual way of playing you'll get started as a player and then step up to GMing and I decided that I was just going to start running a campaign um I didn't buy any of the source books. I didn't have a player's manual or a GM guide or anything like that. Oh um, god. I just had a pen, a D20, a notebook, and Google. <laughs> <laughs> I am and in then, awe. <laughs> That's insane. I <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I had I had all that. I wrote my own campaign, um, and then I ran it. Wow! <laughs> and that is that is how I got into um, TTRPGs. Um, and then from there, I, I ran for about two ish years, um, and then started my first game as a player um, in D anD. Uh, played that for about six months, and then I joined uh, the Love Little community, which has like truly forced me into all sorts of TTRPG, um, which is the Orsac Narrative Universe. Um, it's a Discord community as well as um, the name of one of the systems that I play in. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And now I'm here. I've been in the ONU, um, Orzak Narrative Universe, for about nine-ish months now. Um, I joined back in January. Um, And that community is a pay-for-play community. So we have a bunch of professional GMs who, like, dedicate hours upon hours of their life to putting together campaigns and running them. Um, And it's great because like these these people are passionate about being able to play and do that and provide things for um their players and community um and they get paid to do it so they can spend 
all of the time that they want to be able to do it. Um, and then it's also great because players get like these amazing personalized experiences. Um, and it's fantastic. And I, I love it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's just kind of the gist of my yeah. teaching RPG experience. Yeah. Um, and kind of cool. where I am right now. Well, you have far more than me, so you are very much the expert. <laughs> oh, yeah. I actually, I, so one of the things over in the ONU that we do um, are text games. And so you, it's, it's play by post. So you just write back and forth to each other. Um, and that's great because it literally, I am playing games all day, every single day. It's wow. fantastic. Um, so for the past nine months, I've been playing TTRPGs every single day. All oh, day. nice. Um, it's been absolutely amazing. There was one day um, that I had to take off in that entire time. Um, and that was because I had been so overwhelmed with like life decisions and everything. I was really struggling to make big decisions in my games yeah um and so i messaged my gms i was like hey i just need to take like 24 hours off like i can't make these decisions i like it's stressing me out i'm not making the right ones um so since january like first of january i have only not played for a singular day um which is crazy to think about <laughs> um but like, yeah, it's just, it's a good community. I love it. <laughs> I think I would love it if I had the time. <laughs> mm -hmm. well, Alas, one I things, am busy. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the things that a lot of people who come in, um, like, talk about. Um, is they're like, well, I don't know if I'm going to have the time for this. It seems like a huge commitment, this, that, and the other thing. Um, and it's surprisingly easy to do because I yeah. am a very busy person I have a day job um, I just recently moved into an apartment with my fiance I am actively planning a wedding like I'm getting yeah. married in a month and a half um, <laughs> I exciting <laughs> I know um, I recently like just had to deal with a hurricane um, a while ago a tree came through my roof Oh, and, I remember this. <laughs> yeah, that was the whole thing I had to deal with. Um, so, like, I am a very busy person um, without the games in my life. But it takes, like, five minutes total a day to respond to these things. Um, and that is, like, really fantastic because we have these people who are so busy in their everyday lives who can't sit down for four hours a day not four hours a day four hours a week to play ttrpg to like do your typical dungeons and dragons they don't have anyone who has the time to plan for that sort of campaign um and so they come here and they pay us and for five minutes a day they get their ttrpg fix um and again it's just it's freaking fantastic and i love it because um, it's really cultivated this community uh, because 
we do have paying clients where everybody is so passionate about and absolutely loves TTRPGs. Um, yeah. Within like our server, we have the ONU, um, and that's a homebrewed system, um, loosely based out of second edition D&D. Um, and that one actually, it has been going on for 27 years and every single game is interconnected, which I is just absolutely amazing. So right now there are things that I'm doing within like the world that were set up by people 10, 20 years ago, like at the very beginning of the system. Um, so I'm coming into contact with plot with people that I have never met before, yeah. um, which is just amazing. And so that's like the main system, the system that started all of the um, like stuff on the Discord. Uh, we have like your typical D&D. So we have 5e and 3.5 that we run on there. Um, and then we have Monster of the Week games. That is a different homebrewed system. Uh, we have Pathfinder. We have Fallout, Shadowrun, Root, Percent Chance of Failure, which is what I run. Um, and then another homebrewed uh, game or system that's called Modul Modular Unlimited Tabletop. And that one's really cool. It, it's made to use different parts of the system to like build your own kind of stories and character sheets and add and take away rules as it works um and so it's really cool <laughs> yeah yeah and so I've been able to like look at all of these systems and play in a lot of them um and learn all of those things which has also been an absolutely amazing experience oh I can imagine it sounds fantastic so cool. <laughs> yeah um so I, like I said, I run Percent Chance of Failure. Um, and so that is a D100 based system um, or 2D10. They're basically the same thing. There's like some slight differences in the statistics of like what roles you're going to get. Yeah. <laughs> but D100, 2D10, basically the same thing. Um, and so that's pretty much the only thing that you roll as you play is a d100 um and so the the stats are based off of your percent chance of failing something hence the name um and it is a very very rules light system um basically only has a handful of real rules yeah. and the number one rule is that fun comes first. If the GM isn't having fun, you're playing it wrong. If the players aren't having fun, you're playing it wrong. Um, and that, I think, is what I love the most about the system and running it, is that, like, in order to play it right, everyone has to be having fun with it. I mean, I mean that's, that's the goal for any system. Yeah. Um, but the fact that it's, like, the cardinal rule is one of my favorite things um it's also a classless system which is very different than a lot of other ttrpgs um so in D, &D for instance that's like our our most well-known ttrpg three uh 5e is like 
basically where everyone starts. Um, yeah. And in that, you have your classes. So you have a druid, you have monk, you have fighter, sorcerer, wizard, uh, barbarian, rogue. There are probably others that I'm not thinking of right now. <laughs> uh, bard. Um, and from those, you pick off the character class sheets. Um, and in percent chance, you don't have that. Uh, so your character can literally be whatever you want. Um, I had one character who was essentially like a paladin ranger hybrid. I had another character. Um, she started off as like a fighter class and then eventually kind of started to learn ritualistic magic and became like a fighter sorcerer at one point. Um, I had one character who was a kind of sorcerer, but he didn't know it. Um, and that was really cool. Kind of like him using magic without realizing that it was magic. Um, I have, let's see, I have a, a Mandalorian in one of my games he's running something oh. based on star wars and so um i have mandalorian he's he's doing that in one game um i'm running another one that is like a magical school and so uh, all of the characters in that have like picked their majors and uh that's also really fun because they all have different types of magic one of them like has really lightning fo focused magic. And so like, that's kind of how she interacts with the world. Um, another one is a, he's playing an owl bear, um, which okay. I love. He came to me with that idea and he was like, I want to play an owl bear. I want to play him as a football jock. <laughs> and I was like, absolutely. Yes. A hundred percent. So he has a lot of like, very physical based skills. Let's see, what else? I'm just I'm just naming off a variety of different oh I do I play in that system as well. Um because it is myself and another DM that run percent yeah. chance. Um, the other DM was the one who started all of this, um, who began building the system and I have like come in and helped build him along build it alongside him. Um and so in the game that he runs for me, I play a sorcerer who is also a little bit of a bard. So yeah. she can like cast magic and it's light based magic. But the way that she like really has learned how to hone her craft and be able to cast properly is through song and music. Um. And just like things like that, where you couldn't really pull that off in 5e, or it would be difficult to figure out a way to make it follow all of the rules with 5e. Um, yeah. That is like one of my favorite things about running and playing in this system. Um, it's a very like, yes and sort of a thing. Yeah, uh, which is so where the best types of stories come from. Mm-hmm. Um, like with D&D, &D, there are a lot of things that you will either have to throw rules out the door in order to do, 
or will have to say no um, in order to like let that happen. Um, but with percent chance, it's very much like, yeah, you can do that. Absolutely. Um, try literally anything because it is so rules light. Yeah. Um, and of course, that that does put a lot of pressure on me as the GM. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, like, it, because there are so few rules, like, you have to really think about like the the laws of the land that you have created um so one of my players recently she asked if she could learn how to um oh gosh what was it oh she she is learning necromantic magic and she wanted to learn a spell um that allowed her to take the life force from someone and use it as healing energy for herself interesting um and i think that's a fantastic idea and i want her to get to that point but when i sat and i really thought about it i was like she would have no way to know how to do this um, yeah. she has a spell book but it wouldn't be in her spell book and that is a higher level magic that she has um so that's the way that you kind of have to rationalize within the system is more of like would the character in the narrative have a way of doing this because the rules say you can do whatever you want um but it's like making sure that narratively it works um so you have to in my opinion because i have dm'd for both uh 5e and percent chance um is you you have to be more aware of the lore in your world and the actual physicality of it yeah in percent chance. um and of course like there are there are gms who have the most insane world building in 3.5 like that's not to say like oh percent chance is better because blah 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 um just like for me as a GM in both of those systems, like the rules dictate what you can and cannot do. And you have hard concrete evidence of those things in 3.5, not 3.5, 5e. I don't know why I keep saying 3.5. <laughs> um, but then percent chance, it's like how the world actually is that dictates what you can and cannot do. Yes. Yeah. So fun. And then... There's the ONU as well. That's the system that I play in. That's the thing that brought me to this server. Yeah. Um, and that one, it has classes um, and it has a lot more rules than percent chance of failure. Um, but the interesting thing about that is that also you can do basically anything that you want. Um, so there are probably a hundred, if not more, class sheets for this system. Um, and so you have your your typical things like your bard, your rogue, uh, your wizard, things like that. Um, but then also you have class sheets like Karen and Party Mage. Um, and then 
one of the recent things that the main DM of that system just made was a specific class sheet for myself, and it is a roller derby night. And it's the coolest thing in the world. Oh my um, god. It's freaking amazing. Um, and that's like one of the really cool things about also being in this pay-to-play system is that the GMs can take time to make things like that for you because that's their job. So they don't have to sit at their day job all day and then come home and spend two hours building this class sheet for you and then have to do the laundry and then have to do the dishes and clean and cook and this, that, and the other thing. Um, it's literally his job to do this. Like he can at midday spend a couple of hours building this class sheet for me and then at the end of his work day, go and make dinner and do the dishes and be any normal person. <laughs> um, now, I, I know this GM personally, and I know that he doesn't do that. He's an insane person who works like 15 hours a day. <laughs> but theoretically, <laughs> he could do that. Um, but it's great. I love it. And I love TTRPGs. <laughs> I'm not surprised. At all. <laughs> One thing that a lot of people ask me is like, how do you come up with all of these ideas? Yes. Um, because since starting, I have run about, I want to say probably 30 games in the last like six months yeah um which for those of you that don't know that is a lot of games a lot of people will play one game for like years yeah um <clears throat> and so i have i have run probably 30 games in the last six months in the last nine months i have played in at least 20 I want to say I'm not entirely sure about that number um, but a hefty amount of games um, and so a lot of people will ask me like after figuring out that I, I'm running so many games I'm in so many games um, like how do you come up with all of these ideas um, and I mean the number one thing is that like everything in media you can run with um like literally a singular line from a book you could turn that into a campaign yeah um but it's also the fact that like I grew up in a very like storytelling based family um a huge part of my childhood was just listening to my father tell stories all the time oh. um when we were kids, we would like sit at the dinner table and to keep us entertained and not rioting, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, my dad would tell us stories about, quote, his childhood. Um, and the thing that he ran with 
for that was that he's older than dirt. Um, that <laughs> joke. Yes. And so he told us about the time that he invented dirt. Um, and so that kind of like sparked this like whole fantasy world that he had where he like lived in the age of the dinosaurs as a child and his best friend was a Hispanic T-Rex named Tyrannosaurus Mex. Um, and he would just tell us these stories about how he invented dirt and time and cheese and the great war of Chick-fil-A, um, how his brother accidentally made Doritos and how they created french fries and things like that <laughs> um like the the war with the potatoes that ended up in french fries oh my um, god i love that so much i remember one story he farted his way to the moon and found cheese there um and then when he brought it back down it like turned into evil cheese plants that he had to defeat um and so that was just like our dinner table talk was things like that um, yeah and then also like my dad he convinced us that he was superman when we were kids <laughs> um we my sister and i like we wouldn't go to bed and we were like up doing crazy things and he was like oh you really need to go to bed like just trying to get us to sleep and eventually he was like you have to go to bed because I have to go fight crime and I can't do that while you're awake. <laughs> and we we're like, what are you talking about? And he was like, I'm Superman and I need to go fight crime and I can't do that while you're awake. Um, and we didn't believe him. We were like, no, you're not. You're not Superman. And so he picked up the side of our bunk bed and set it back down. And, and as a kid, like, you know, I mean, we couldn't do that. So we thought he was like, had real for reals super strength um and so we believed him and he would come back and he would tell us stories about the bad guys that he fought um and then he also he had two best friends um one of them was mark and the other one was rob and he told us that they were batman and robin and uh <laughs> with rob's name being close to robin um that was another thing that we very much automatically we're like okay yeah definitely you are a hundred percent superman yeah um and so that a lot a lot of the way that i was raised um has led into just like this mind of creativeness all of the time um just picking things and running with them and making them into fantastical stories things like that um it's kind of like never quite growing out of the the phase in childhood where you want to make up stories about everything all of the time yeah um that's kind of what it was like to grow up in my family was everything is a story about something yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's really lended itself to my ability to just like look at something or hear an idea um, and create an entire 
story and campaign out of it. Oh, another one is uh, how do you keep all of your games straight? Um, <laughs> yeah, so I this wouldn't month know. I <laughs> So this month I am running seven games um, and I am in 10 others. And then I have a live game that I play. And so I'm in 18 total. Um, yeah. So that's a, that's a, again, a lot of games. Um, yes. <laughs> as I said previously, a lot of people will play one game for years at a time. Uh, and I am going to be honest, I have no clue how I keep them straight. Um, <laughs> because also, like, I have such vastly different games. Just running through, um, I had a game based off of Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. Um, I have a game right now that is uh, Nightbot, the, like, Discord moderator, and Dino. I think it moderates, and then also it's used in our um, discord as a dice roller yeah uh we personified those and now they're running around they're running canada in a realm of chaos it is their lawful land that they accidentally created um one game that's ending here pretty soon is about lady luck and this guy named felix suits um and they fell in love and went on a date, and they're adorable. Aww. Um, I'm playing another one that is uh, about some cowboys. I'm a little rat man, and <laughs> I uh, my my name is Sidekick. Um, and I I run around and I just like help out my buddy, and his name is Tobias, and we're the rootinest, tootinest cowboys in the whole wild west. Oh, I love um, that. There's another one that I'm playing. It's called Ah Rats, and it is about <laughs> a raccoon man and a gnome. And they are trying to bring about the year of the rat in the like multiverse that we play in. And so they're they're going around doing things for the rat god. Um I just finished up a game where I was a little bat girl who thought that she was a sky rat. And she wanted to make a bunch of constellations for um, rats and things like that. And so that right now is just like a, a gist of the games that I was playing through August. And I have some more that are going to start up in September. Um, yeah. As for ones that I'm running, like I have uh, Soldier Poet King. That one is about the song Soldier Poet King yeah. um, based off of that. Uh, a prophecy of again soldier boat and king who go about and they bring down the corrupt government um and then they also like figure out things about their world um one of the things that they've realized that the players not necessarily the characters have realized um is that this game is replayable because the gods reset it every time um <laughs> and so they're trying to, as the players, um, I have one person who has replayed it twice now. They're they're trying to figure out like exactly what is happening when the gods end of things. 
Um, and so part of the lore of that game is that it keeps happening. I have the Mandalorian game, uh, one game where the guy, he's just a farmer. That's it. <laughs> Nothing happens. Nothing um, happens. Literally, the, the game is titled Nothing Happens in This Game. Um, <laughs> although something interesting did just happen. He befriended a coyote. <laughs> And then I have a one based off of Nimona, one where they're all Greek gods. I have the fantasy school one, and then I have um, the one that's based off of Supernatural. Oh, um, God. That one, it's called Season 1, and <laughs> it's just like, they're fighting monsters. That's basically the whole premise of the game, is that I'm, yeah. I'm making up these monsters and they're fighting it. And, they're having a blast. Uh, the two players in that, they're very, very true to Sam and Dean. Um, it's it's great. Um, but yeah, those are all the games I'm playing. And uh, I have no clue how I keep any of them straight, but I do. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there I'd be was, able to keep them all straight. There was a day a few weeks ago um where myself and another player took over the ONU part of the discord um so that specific system uh and that was i was running about 30 games for 14 hours straight um and they were all text games um so when I talk about these games, 90% of them are text games. Yeah. Um, so that was 30 games for 14 hours straight. Um, that was very difficult. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I <laughs> messed up only once with those ones. Um, there was one player who was in like five or seven of the games. And I posted one thing about one of his games in a different one. And he was like, did you mean to put this in that other one? And I said, yeah, I did. <laughs> um, so that so far is pretty much the only time I've like made like a big oopsie like that. <laughs> um, there are smaller things. So... I'll, I'll sometimes like miss actions that characters take um, just because I'm in so many and I'm, I'm looking through a, a lot of text sometimes. Uh, so like I'll get in there and there will be like 30, 40 posts from the characters just role playing back and forth. And so I'll miss someone's action. Um, that's not uncommon. No. And so with that, um I my my players know at this point that they can just like it's absolutely no hard feelings on anyone's side if I miss it and then they tag me and, and again and they're like hey you missed this yeah um, just because like I said like I have a bunch of stuff that I'm doing yeah um but that was when I was running the 30 games for 14 hours straight, I made one mistake, and that is pretty, pretty darn good if I do say That's so. That's pretty good going. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
That's a lot to keep on top of, and mm-hmm. I think you can safely say that you did. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Um, and believe it or not, like I actually don't run a lot of the games <laughs> compared to like some of the other folks. Um, yeah, like I said, I've I've I'm in I'm in ten games. I run seven. Um, and the so so Josh who runs ONU, um, he next month is going to be running sixty text games. Yeah, which is crazy. That like, is so not insane. only is he running all sixty of those games, is that he also runs the business aspect of everything. Um. So he's he's running his own business while running 60 games. And then on top of that, has live games that he runs. So, like, I look at my 17 games. And I'm like, wow, uh, that's nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... I mean that's that's Josh's passion. That's what yeah. he loves. Um is to... It doesn't feel like work if you love it that much. Right. Yeah, so... 100%. Like I love both of the jobs that I do. Um and really like since getting them, I don't feel like I'm truly working. No. Um and it's it's the best feeling in the world to like go into my nine to five, do that, check into my games a few times throughout the day, come home, and then I get to play games and get paid to do it for the rest of my day. Like it's amazing. And I love it so much. Um and also, like, you would be surprised, like, how much more energy you have when you are doing something that you love all of yeah. the time. Um, like, I am able to, every single Saturday, wake up in the morning and clean my house top to bottom um, just because I'm not worn out from either of the jobs that I do because I like what I do yeah and it's amazing because like I'm a whole functional adult well a mostly (laughs) functional adult (laughs) yeah um because I just I love every aspect of it um and the community is just it's it's amazing you know like these are these are people who are truly just just passionate about telling stories with each other yeah um, and it's it's different than a lot of other ttrpg communities because there is the payment aspect of it um and we have people there who are passionate about ttrpgs who don't play just because they don't want to pay for it um and so for them they they keep it as just like a hobby that they do for free with their friends um and 
but they, they still love this community because everyone is so passionate about it. Everyone loves telling stories. Um, and it's just, it's magnificent. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just, it's unlike any other community that you're going to find. Because um, I've, I've been in and am currently in other TTRPG communities. Um, and those ones, I've been in many that just haven't stuck around because people have, don't have the same amount of like pure passion for it. Um, or they have other priorities or this, that, or the other thing. Um, and you know, that, that makes sense. If, for instance, when I, I was in school, like I could not have done this in school, um, because that was my priority was my homework and my coursework and all of the research that I had to do. (laughs) Like that was where everything lied and that was a time when once twice a month getting to play D&D was like all I could do um and so like it makes sense that those communities with with people who can't stick around for very long um they might not last or the the other ones where you know, like they, they have lasted for a long time, but people come and go so frequently um, because they're, um, oh, what's the word? My brain lost it. Priorities. Yes. People come and go so frequently <laughs> because their priorities change like that. Yeah. Um, and when it's like a pay for place system, like you, you prioritize what you paid for, you know. Yeah. Um, and if you're willing to pay for it, it is your priority. Um, and that's not to say like you know other things aren't important. Um, like my my nine to five comes before running these text games. Definitely. Um, and like my relationship comes before running these text games. Um, and just life events happen but it is a priority of mine because I'm getting paid to do it and I am paying for it Um, and I've chosen to like put it in a position in my life that like is that important to me Um, because I love the stories that I get to play I, I get to write these magnificent amazing things every single day um and it's just it's really cool (laughs) it is it's so cool oh my god because like you obviously play in a completely different way to how Mm -hmm. i've played before because i the majority of the times when i've played like D &D, we did 5e mostly um Mm -hmm. And probably the majority of the time that I spent playing was all in person. Um, whereas obviously you're doing it over Discord and like post mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, and the few times when we didn't play in person, it was because we were literally in a pandemic and like 
<laughs> yeah, we, we couldn't. Mm. So we did it over voice call and had like an online platform that we used to use and stuff. So I think the idea of playing like over Discord and via like postal stuff is really interesting. I think that's that's really cool. When you say when you say like play by post, do you mean like snail mail post or like you're on Discord? So on Discord is is what I mean by that. Yeah. Um however, uh snail mail play by post is not unheard of. Because um, I was trying to think of like how that would work. <laughs> You've got to wait like right. four days between actions and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, legitimately though, um, that is a thing that happened. Um, so I know for a while that was actually like a thing in prison. Yeah. Um, is that they would have a GM who was like outside of prison, and some of them they did have them in, like it just depended, but they would have a GM and they would write what their characters did like in detail to the GM, the GM would respond. And so you would get a reply like once a week and that's how they would play games. Wow. Um, and so that was, was big for a while. Um, and then also that all was, was a thing that happened outside of the prison system as well. Um, people would like write in the paper, like I have this campaign basically I want to run it or you'd you'd hear of someone who was doing that and you'd write in um and those folks sometimes would also get paid for it um so that would like be their job um so also like playing professionally isn't unheard of um which also fun fact playing professionally is kind of controversial um a lot of people don't like it they think that it's going to kill D as a hobby um yeah because people are getting paid for it um and i 100 percent understand those anxieties you know yeah like, this is this is your hobby this is something that you do for free like you don't want this to become something that you have to pay 30 40 dollars a month for um because that is like what some of my clients are paying um so I, I i do a variety of different types of games i do group games those ones are 20 dollars a month and then uh one-on-one games those are 40 dollars a month and then we also I have voice chat prices. Anyway, that's not what this is about. <laughs> no. Um, but people people have these anxieties about the hobby getting to the point where there are no free GMs, um, and that I think is a valid concern, but not necessarily a real concern, if that makes sense. Um, because in any hobby there are professionals, you know? Yeah. Uh, there are people who sing professionally, like Taylor Swift and Noah Khan and people like that. Um, and then there are people who sing recreationally, like people who go in for open mic nights or who do their uh, church choirs. 
Um, there are artists who are professionals and artists who just paint to paint. Yeah. Um, there are writers. There are writers who publish their books and there are writers who just post on the internet, who write fanfic. Um, yes. Like every hobby has professionals and pure hobbyists. And that that doesn't mean that in TTRPG they can't coexist. Um, yeah. Like Critical Role, for instance, that was pretty controversial when it first started up because these people were getting paid to do what other folks were doing literally in their basement just for the fun of it. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, it, it's very widely accepted. Like, so many people have D&D podcasts like that. <laughs> and actual plays are, like, sought after. Yeah. Um, but there are, there are still groups that play just for fun who don't have a podcast, who don't feel the need to do that. Um, and it's the same here, is that like we are not in any way shape or form trying to turn the entire hobby into a monetization effort you know Hi. um it's just like i put 50 60 hours of work a week into these games i deserve to get paid for that you know yeah you're putting you're putting the work <laughs> and you should see the rewards of it exactly and and there are GMs who will who will put in that sort of effort into their games. Um, but also like for me, when I am getting paid, you know, like that's that's a job that I have to do. And so it's going to get a certain level of commitment over other things in my life. Um and that's not something that you that it is fair for you to expect out of someone who just does it as a hobby um and that's why people pay us is because they want someone to put their games and their story that they are building they want someone to put that at a priority yeah. um and that's what this ensures basically um and it's great because everyone's getting what they want out of it you know it's like the same thing for uh matt mercer brennan lee mulligan um they are paid to put together those campaigns and so they can put together campaigns where they spend enormous amounts of time prepping and planning and making these beautiful stories um, just because they they have the ability to do that. Um, and now that's not to say that like any regular hobbyist like can't build a beautiful campaign, you know? Um, I mean, some of the most beautiful things that I have done in TTRPGs were me at... 10 30 p.m with nobody else to see except for like the four people in my group um like that that was some of the most beautiful moments of my ttrpg experience you know crying 
like literally being brought to tears as my character mourns the death of her brother um and like giving a speech to rile up the troops as they march into battle you know those are beautiful things but those are also things that like are made for that specific moment yeah and cannot have the amount of time and effort poured into them as those that are getting paid to do this i'm very passionate about this if you cannot tell yes i can tell and i love it so much (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's really nice to hear people getting passionate about things that's what this whole podcast is for (laughs) yeah i think the only one i can really think of at the moment is one that i ask quite a lot of the time if there's a something that someone's talking about that's like a hobby or something that people can get excited about that they can do um that was very poorly explained but (laughs) um if someone at home is listening to this and thinking this sounds so cool i want to get involved i want to start playing playing ttrpgs or playing one of your games how how should they go about it um yeah so you can actually look us up on social media um so i know we have a tiktok and an instagram i do not believe we have a twitter um i could be wrong about that we have a twitch um nice that oh my gosh check out check out the twitch that is just (laughs) a wild ride um but under all of those it is uh, the Orsac narrative universe. Um, and so Orsac, let me, let me pull it up because I always want to spell it with a C and it's not. Um, so Orsac is spelled O-R-S-A-K. <laughs> so if you look us up on Instagram or TikTok, um, you can come by. Uh, you can check out the Discord, just see, like, the massiveness of all of it. Um, and also, if you join, you get two weeks free of whatever TTRPG on our uh, platform you pick. Yeah. Um, and there's absolutely, like, no strings attached for that. Like, you do not have to continue after those two weeks if you don't want to. Um so at the bare minimum, come play two weeks of a text game. Um, you get to play every single day. It's fun. It's a blast. Um, and if you want to play with me, uh, I am Romeo and Ghost. And so when you are asked which system you want to play in, uh, you'll just say percent chance of failure with Romeo and Ghost. Um, and I can set you up and we'll play two weeks or longer if you decide to keep on going. Um, but it's fun. It's great. I it love sounds it. Fun. <laughs> it is. I mean, I highly recommend it. I I highly recommend it to anyone. Um, but also, I'm a TTRPG freak. Um, <laughs> like I love this. I spend so much of my free time doing it. Um, it has actually replaced a lot of my entertainment. Um. <laughs> So I, I don't watch a whole lot of movies anymore. I don't watch a whole lot of TV anymore. Um, instead of reading books, I read games. Um, it's great. I, I love it. 
Um, I feel like games like D&D have had a massive influence on books and films and like the fantasy mm -hmm. genre. Like I know me and Tom talked a lot about how Tolkien has influenced the fantasy genre. Um, mm -hmm. But I feel like you know, Tolkien obviously had a, is the starting point for D&D &D in a lot of cases. And there are so many novels and novellas that I've seen or read in the fantasy genre, especially nowadays, that are basically just people writing up their D&D &D campaign, which I love. Oh, yeah. I think that's great. <laughs> you know, you, oh, yeah. you played a game. It's, it's collaborative storytelling at its finest, and I love that so much. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I also the great part about it is, like, it is collaborative. Like, I, I tell stories in my head all of the time. Um, I'm just thinking up like various different fantasy and sci-fi and this and the other thing. Um, like that's always running in my head just cause that's the type of person that I am. Yeah. Um, and then I get to, I get to sit down with these amazing creative minds, like really truthfully, these people are absolutely brilliant. Um, like I'm going to shout out one of my, my dearest friends, my boy Harv. I'm going to make him listen to this. So hello, Harvey. <laughs> um, <laughs> he has truthfully some of the most brilliant storytelling I have ever seen. And playing with him every single day is an absolute blessing. Um, we have played such amazing games together. Um, one of them was called Thoroughly Modern Mage. Um, that was about his character, Ron, who found out that he lived in a magical world. Um, he got into fights with vampires. His character ended up dying at the end of the game, which is heartbreaking. Um, but that was such a fun character. He, he also played one where his character was a cultist. Um, oh. ran a cult and that one was just mind-blowing um, because he really did a deep dive into cult psychology for that one um, and it was horrifying and beautiful all at once <laughs> <laughs> um, he's playing the Mandalorian game and the recently one of the things that has happened is uh, his Mandalorian's helmet was taken off and, and the way that he described that moment of just like looking back at the other person in like pain and with his pride shattered it's like he's an amazing storyteller uh truthfully um and getting getting to play with people like that every single day getting to tell these amazing stories it is it is my favorite thing in the entire world I I love it. Um, and I, I could go on about literally any of my players. Um, beautiful, beautiful Laura. Uh, she, re like, at the time of uh, the recording of this episode, um, I believe she will have been playing for five or six months. Yeah. <laughs> um, she comes up with the most amazing things. Uh, she was actually the first one to basically change her metaphorical class in percent chance 
um, is that she was the one playing the fighter and decided, hey, I want to learn ritual magic and just did it. Um, And just, it's brilliant, the things that she does. And it's fantastic because it is, the the ONU has brought me this amazing, fantastic community with beautifully creative minds. (laughs) And it's all in one place. And it's just fantastic to like create these stories and have this one image of them in my mind and to, to give them to the players, have them turned around and turned into something better. It's just, I love it. I can't get enough of it. I want to get paid for it too. So I get to spend all of my time doing it. Is that I can justify exactly like (laughs) I can justify the amount of time that I spend on this because I am getting paid to do it because it is it is something I am so passionate about and these people pay me and I get to spend the time that these games deserve on it. Yeah, it's just I love it. So, what is your favorite moment from? any of your campaigns you've played or uh gm'd or anything if you have one i i have tons of favorite moments um okay so the first game that i played in the onu um i'm just gonna i'm gonna list off a few Um, (laughs) that's fine there was a moment where um the 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 people that my character was she was in, she was um her her race was um what's it called Corian from Mass Effect um, okay. she joined a creed of people called the Onarians and the Onarians for about a week in game were turned into cat people <laughs> uh, <laughs> and there was a moment because like that that had really like bothered me because I felt something that I did in the campaign had like ruined it and made everybody upset um uh, because I mean in in the Orzak narrative universe system um like your choices impact everybody else that is that is one of the pros and cons of running interconnected games so I really felt that I had like let people down by letting us turn into cat people. Um, and to kind of cheer me up in that moment, uh, Josh had two of the other Onarians I was traveling with get into a literal cat fight over it. <laughs> um, and just having that moment was fantastic. I, I loved it. Um, and it was, I, I don't know, it just, it, it made me so happy um, to, like, see them get into a cat fight over it. Um, and then another one was this moment in the game that recently ended. It was called Rattin' in the Stars, kind of like a play on Written in the yeah. Stars. Um, and that is the one where my little sky rat ended up making rat constellation an entire rat zodiac for the ohenyu um and so she 
had this moment at the end where the rat god left her because secretly her companion the entire time had been the rat god (laughs) and she so he leaves her and she realizes that she didn't get a proper goodbye and that just like hurt her so deeply because they had been traveling together and doing these things and looking for a way to make these constellations um and she didn't get to say goodbye and so a dragon that she was with he says um I actually have it pulled up right now I'm gonna read it to you just because it's so good um so it says in the stars the words form I love you Stella and I will be with you always um and the dragon that is with her goes he is as close to you as you are to yourself he can hear you Stella stay say what you need to say um so that was posted by the GM and my response which is the final words of the campaign and she goes Tears start streaming down her cheeks as she thinks about what she wants to say next. No amount of time with you would have ever been long enough. Even if I had forever, I don't think that would have been it. I will miss you and I will love you for as long as I live. You have given me more than I could have asked for in a million lifetimes. And for that, I will always be grateful. She takes a deep breath that rattles her entire body. Thank you and goodbye, Merc. I am so glad that I got to know you. She sits down and stares at the stars, taking them in for a long time. She memorizes the way that they glitter and shine with his words as she reads them over and over again, hearing his voice in her mind. She is determined to keep this memory in her heart, keep him in her heart, and she will look for him in every star, every constellation, every rat, every smile, every galaxy, every painting. She will see parts of him everywhere in the beauty of the worlds that he showed her. I love you, she whispers and closes her eyes. She repeats her words. I love you. Thus ends the campaign. Oh, oh. my oh heart. That's beautiful. <laughs> like, I just, oh my gosh. I was, I was literally sitting there on the couch sobbing as I was writing that. Um. And my fiance came downstairs and I heard him starting to come down and I yelled, and he was really confused. And then he rounds the corner and just sees me sitting on the couch, tears streaming down my face. And he's like, (laughs) what is going on? And I'm like, my game is fine. (laughs) Um, But just like the beauty in that moment. Yeah, that I think is is currently like my all time favorite moment in any game I have ever run or played in. I mean, um, I'm gonna be honest. If I could write something like that, like in a novel, I would be very happy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, and like it's those are just things that happen daily. Which is insane. Yeah. Um, in a in another game, one of the Soldier Poet King games, um, there were two, two of my favorite moments. Um, one of them was when uh, the character who played the king um, actually the two times that he was separated her for for from her for a, 
One of my favorite moments was when the character that played the king was separated from the woman that he loved for um, an extended amount of time. And the first time they meet, she is praying in her God's temple and he comes and he sits next to her and begins praying. And they have this moment where just like, they are so in love that they cannot help but just like laugh and be happy and kiss each other and just be with each other in that moment. Um, and that just describing that with the player was adorable. Um, and then yeah. he made it more adorable by in the out of game chat posting and saying like, this reminds me of how I am with my wife. And we were like, oh, that's cute. And he's like, if I could spend every waking moment with her, I would. And I was oh. like, oh my God, literally the cutest freaking thing in the world. Um, and then the second time that he sees her after a prolonged period away from each other, she has thought that he was dead. She was told he was dead and she's sitting there in the garden outside of the castle with her grief and just like completely torn up over the fact that like he's gone and there's nothing that she can do um and then he comes out of the bushes essentially and is like I'm here I'm okay and like that just oh my goodness like her realization that he was he was alive after she went through all of that grief of the man that she loved more than anything having died um that was also just a beautiful moment um and then the end of that game as well um they i'm gonna read you another thing <laughs> so they they, the two characters, um, because the, the poet had disappeared at this point, and the player had to take a leave of absence, so it was really only the soldier and the king um, who were left. Um, and they are facing, they are about to step into the throne room where they believe the gods to be, um, to face them down and kill the gods, because at this point they found out that this was kind of a setup. The characters had figured out that this was a setup. Um, and so I wrote, stepping through the doors of the throne room, uh, it exists at many places at once. It is broken, yet whole. There are battles, yet peace. All of time exists in this moment over itself. You see a coronation of three others before you, the planning of your realm, North dying many times over, South's reign, and even a time after your own. Your death exists in many forms here as well, as well as moments that you never did. The gods stand about in time, both in and out, and they seem to have already abandoned the world in which you live, existing further ahead of you more than they do with you. For a moment, you see they tried to bring the story to an end in the war room, but upon failing one too many times, you are finding yourselves eternally alone. Your time has changed forever. In the center of the throne room floats a crown of many shapes and forms surrounding by an ethereal energy. Wisps of rainbow light emanate from around it, reaching out to you, calling to you. You are meant to be king. Both of you are. Throughout the journey, you have filled each of the roles of the prophecy, and without a god to back either of you, 
the writer steps away, the choice is yours. So the characters in that moment decide that neither of them are going to take the crown and they end up breaking it um, and deciding that the way forward that they're going to work with is democracy. Um, so one of the characters holds up her gun and the other one holds up his bow and they shoot at it. And then I say, the bullet and the arrow meet, meet the crown as if it was faded by the very idea that you spoke. It shatters, breaking into a thousand pieces, rippling across time. You find yourselves in the throne room, your throne room, and your time once again. The realms have changed eternally by your choices, and they will mark themselves forever and every time after this. Your lives are ahead of you, with greatness to pursue, stories that have yet to been told. But that is for another time, another adventure, another adventure, possibly even another world. With hope on the horizon, boundless possibilities, and most importantly, a chance at true freedom, thus ends the game. Like that also beautiful. Oh. This is <laughs> I have no words. My brain is not like cannot comprehend. <laughs> like it's too good. Kind of yeah, like this is the type of dedication that I get to give to the games because I am being paid for it. And it's amazing. Because I get to sit there and like go back over my words, make sure that everything sounds the way that I want. Because I I, I have put aside time to dedicate to my job. Cause that's what this is. Like, yes, yeah. I, I love it more than anything. But it's my job. This is freaking awesome. I'm very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's fantastic. Um, I'm trying to think of like anything else that I can say. Right now, um, in the farm game, I can't remember if I mentioned this earlier. Um, I feel like I did, but he befriended a coyote. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know, I'm just I'm thinking of various things that I, I love in the games right now. Um that that is also one of my favorite things that has happened in all my games. Um I don't know, but those are those are just like a few of the moments that I could think of that just make me happy beyond belief. Um Trying to think of other stuff. I mean, the the whole, um, so Fizzletip, I think I'm saying that right. I don't know. That is a realm, a realm of chaos that exists within the ONU. And the ONU, I, and I, I mean the system that has been going on for 27 years, not just the Discord. Yeah. Um, so Fizzlebit has been a, a realm of chaos that was created by players. And, uh, I, I mentioned briefly that Nightbot and Dino are personified versions of those bots um, recently created Canada within the realm. <laughs> and <laughs> first of all, you, that, that cannot happen anywhere else but this system. Um, and that also has been one of my favorite things. I think that is my favorite thing I've ever done 
the ending of Ratten in the Stars with the sky rat that I mentioned earlier is uh, my favorite thing that like has I've happened um not that I've like done specifically um so Canada was actually created because um I asked about it so many times (laughs) that it happened um because I remember our, our characters had just accidentally blown up an entire city um and we were asked like what what are you gonna do now and uh I was like we're gonna go to Canada and so we're traveling for a little while and and some more things happened we're asked again where are you headed now and I said still to Canada Canada does not exist in Fifthlebit at this point um and we we continue on our travels and for a third time I I am asked where you headed and I say are we almost at Canada now um to which the GM creates an entire lawful realm in this realm of chaos I guess not realm lawful um country place whatever I can't think of a very good word for it um in this entire realm of chaos just smack dab in the middle um and that is that is how just by being annoying and asking for it so many times is how I created Canada (laughs) um and it's fantastic and I love it so much and I it's great because again, like those are the the crazy things that you can do within the ONU system. Um, it's just wild and great, and I I love it. Yes, I love it too, and I haven't even done it. So, <laughs> <laughs> if you want, um, I can send you the. Uh, link to the ONU Discord after this, and then you can join, take a look around. <laughs> Just to, like, no see time. what it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you don't necessarily have to do it, um, but just, like, to see what it is. Just to check it out. Because that, in and of itself, is, like, an experience. That <laughs> itself is entertainment. Um, Like I said, like, you don't have to like join and play and anything um but just looking at it is wild yeah i'm sure it is <laughs> yeah i mean i think that's it unless like you can think of anything more i feel like i've hit pretty much all of my quote-unquote talking points okay then (laughs) as if I had talking points (laughs) I didn't but well I think you've done a fantastic job your final job of this episode (laughs) is to wrap us all up and take us out okay do I need to like say anything specific not really (laughs) 
This is the bit okay. that everyone hates because there's no real script for it. So just bake it up right. as you go along. So that was uh, TTRPGs. Um, of course, there is plenty more to talk about. Um, I mean, I could talk about this stuff for days, um, but that <laughs> is pretty much everything that I have at the moment. Um, I love playing TTRPGs. I love my job as a game master. Um, and I just love playing, love creating stories. Um, and that's really what it's all about to play TTRPGs. Yeah. Um, I'm real quick going to do another plug. Say that you can join us at the Orsac Narrative Universe on TikTok and Instagram and get two weeks free of games. Um, or just check us out. Look at the things that we do because I think it's freaking awesome. Um, it is. It's so cool. Go check them and, out. <laughs> Orsac is spelled O-R-S-A-A-K. Um, so Orsac Narrative Universe. Um, yes. And yeah, it was fantastically fun to talk to you today about my fun little things. I have um, had such a good time. And that is all. So we will catch you next time on Hey, I Like. Yeah, you will. <laughs>